0: Hi folks, this is Michael and welcome to another edition of The Blood Walk. And I know it has been a long time since I put out another edition. One of the reasons why is because I wanted this whole subject of the fear of God to remain at the top of my playlist for as long as possible. Because in my world, in my heart, in my understanding, there is nothing more important in this hour than to receive the fear of God. And why do I say this? This is, um, we take a look at the Holy Spirit, sevenfold Holy Spirit. Go to uh, Isaiah 11, one, if you wanna find out what these seven eyes, you know, you see the the lamb in Revelation five and he's got seven eyes or so it is written that way. Actually, in reality, those eyes, the translators took the, uh, the Hebrew word ayin, A-Y-I-N, which is a dual word in Hebrew. It means both fountain and eye, like your eyeball, a fountain, like a geyser, like Old Faithful out there in, uh, in Yellowstone, right? Um, so to look at the picture of the, uh, of the seven eyes of the Lamb in a better light, people, just view of the menorah, right? The seven-branched lampstand, you know, because Revelation 22 also says that the lamb is the lamp, and that's the menorah, people. That is a sevenfold uh, anointing of the Holy Spirit. All right, now then, the most... You will find throughout Christianity that folks want to talk about a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of understanding. Oh, and by golly, what do they all want more than anything is power. They want power, right? Very few, very, very few throughout history people have ever cried out to God for the fear of God. This is the primary aspect. You cannot obtain, go to Isaiah 11.1, 11.2, read it. You cannot obtain wisdom without the fear of God. You cannot obtain knowledge without the fear of God, right? All right, so here we go. What is entrance? What is entrance, people? Because Isaiah 11.1, the seven spirits of the living God, this is also part and parcel of the new covenant. All right. So, how do you enter into this covenant? You know what did Peter say on the uh, on the day of Pentecost, right? When the people cried out after after Peter had just convicted them of murdering, not sacrificing, of murdering the Messiah, of murdering the Holy One of Israel, of murdering the Son of God, and they were convicted they were convicted deep in their hearts and they cried out in fear and terror, what must we do to be saved? They just got the revelation that they had murdered, that they had crucified, brutally crucified the son of God. And yeah, they were scared spitless. So what happened? The fear of God came upon the people, folks, the fear of God. When Peter preached, the fear of God was poured out. And they saw and they repented, no doubt crying out with all their heart the name of Yahshua. This is something, folks, that is so horrifically avoided in Christianity. Uh, this morning I was reading a comment on a little group that I belong to called uh, Bexit. And, and the guy put out a great comment, or a woman, I'm not quite sure, you know, it was a man or a woman yet. But uh, why is it Christians believe that it's impossible to not sin, especially when Yahshua says things like "Go and sin no more," or First uh, John, "Little children, um, we should not sin." But if we do, and it's like it, 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 there are points in my life where I'd be reading First John, "Little children, uh, we should not sin," and I'm going, "How's that?" You know, because when you got a mixture of Paul, when you got a mixture of death, you know, in your doctrine, right, you're not going to be able to quit. Uh, You don't have the power to. Yahshua said, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Set you free from what? Set you free from what? From sin, from transgressing the commandment. Now, in Christianity, they teach that it is absolutely impossible to not sin. And it's like, what is the point of your religion, Christian? It's like, you really think Jesus came just to forgive your sins so you could continue on and every morning wake up and say, 1 John 1, 9, 1 John 1, 9. Is that what you think? Is that is that is that the contempt that you hold towards the power of God that it doesn't work? That no power on earth can deliver you from your sin. I mean, what an insult to the life and to the message of the lamb, uh, an insult to the teachings of Yahshua who came to teach you righteousness. Righteousness delivers from death, people. Did you know that? Righteousness delivers from death. All right. You want to say uh, the, the wages of sin is death. Well, guess what? Righteousness is going to deliver you from sin. Also, if you will do it, if you'll do it. You know, one of the uh, extraordinary things about Christianity, um, not every man, woman, and child in their religion, not every man, woman, and child, but by and large, a pretty fair percentage of them. But anyway, you all know this the prevailing doctrine of Christianity is that the law, the Torah, the instructions of God, the truth, was put away at the cross. The prevailing doctrine of Christianity is that life was extinguished at the cross. You know, and it's and it's like, you know, I, I, I'm off on a tracker. I don't want to go that way. But that is the prevailing doctrine, that the law is done away at the cross. And yet you turn right around and you enter into the religion of Christianity. Okay, now the law of God gets put away at the cross. But now the word of Paul becomes absolute law. Do you see the hypocrisy in this? They kicked out the living God and installed the abomination that causes desolation in their holy place, which is their inner man, which is their heart. They have installed Paul and they gave Yahshua, they gave the Holy Spirit, the boot how do you know the Holy Spirit is not present in Christianity? And I'll tell you truly, I think they have got the the, the, the most indescribable counterfeit you could ever, that, that this world will ever see. Christianity is a counterfeit. They have a counterfeit Holy Spirit because when you receive the Holy Spirit in Christianity, guess what? You do a bunch of Shandalas. You do a bunch of shandalas. You, you They say, okay, you're speaking in tongues. Now you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's like, no, you are not. If you have not received, people, the fear of God, if if you think you've got the Holy Spirit and it did not come with fear and trembling and a great crying out and, and, and a great burst of the magnificent, absolute white light of the living truth, this happens. In the fear of God, go to John 1, Gospel of John, John 1. Read about the true light that was coming into the world. And this true light, people, is made manifest within you in the fear of God. Because what happens in the fear of God is your knee is absolutely bent to the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. And yes, this does happen with fear and trembling. And it comes with a powerhouse revelation of the deliverer. And you are going to find, if you do even a half-assed study in the Aramaic on the Holy Spirit, you are going to find that the Holy Spirit was defined by Yahshua, and this is huge, people. This is another one of those really deadly translations, mistranslations that I've spoken about many times throughout the New Testament, very deadly translations, and this one is one of the worst, right? When they interpreted, when they called the Holy Spirit the comforter, or when they called the Holy Spirit just a helper, it's so diminished, it's so minimized, it's so obscured. The ministry and the mission of the Holy Spirit in the Aramaic, which is derived from the Hebrew, the Holy Spirit is called the one who delivers you from the curse, the deliverer from the curse. That's the Holy Spirit, people, the deliverer from the curse. And when you get the revelation on that, and that most certainly comes in the fear of God, when you are delivered, when you are delivered, and the very thought of so easily and arbitrarily breaking his commandments becomes an abject horror to you to do that. Because the last thing you ever, oh my God, you are not going to, you are going to be terrified of being separated from your heavenly father. You are going to be terrified of being separated from the Holy Spirit. You are in the fear of God. You are because you don't know if you'll ever get it back to willfully and arbitrarily throw his commandments out after you've received the fear of God is is death penalty, people. That's death penalty. That's death penalty. Nobody who has ever received the fear of God is going to turn right around and denounce the law of God, is going to turn right around and denounce the commandments of God. Nobody. And if you think that they do, they do not have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I realize that sounded kind of jumbled but nevertheless, people, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, all right? These first three spirits, these first three manifestations, these first three fountains, people, of the Holy Spirit all happen in the fear of God. That's how they happen. These uh, and, and I realize, again, I was telling you that in Revelation they're called eyes, but the reality of it is is wisdom is like a fountain that bursts within you. Knowledge is like a fountain that bursts, bursts within you. It's the most phenomenal and incredible thing that anybody could ever experience, but anybody who's ever had a massive encounter in the fear of God, this is common knowledge to them, Right. It's not common knowledge to the church one of the reasons why the church cannot quit sinning and doesn't believe that it's possible to quit sinning is because they threw out the very definition of sin. They threw it out. I I had a I did a Bible study last summer with um with my sisters and 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 my two little sisters their their time in Christianity combined people is more than 8 it just about 80 years. 80 years. 8 Zero, And with 80 years combined Christianity, neither one of my sisters could tell me what sin was or what sin is. And they got thoroughly offended when I defined it to them. Sin is a transgression of the law. Sin is a transgression of the commandment. And, and I'd like to ask Christians, well, what do you find uh, so impossible about not going out and murdering somebody today? You know, thou shalt not kill? What's impossible about that one? Thou shalt not steal. What, you guys, are you are you just, what, you know, a, a, a gajillion kleptomaniacs that can't stop stealing every day? What is impossible about not stealing? What's impossible about not committing adultery with your neighbor's wife? What's impossible about that? What is impossible about keeping the Sabbath? What's impossible about that? What is impossible about honoring your father and your mother? What is impossible about these things, people? What's impossible about them? What is impossible about having no other gods before our heavenly father? What is impossible about that? What's impossible about putting him first? Well, if you're a Christian, you are, you are, you are embroiled, you're swallowed up in this thing called you know, carnality, right? In Christianity, it's the flesh that sins, right? In Christianity, it's only the flesh, right? Um, however, you know, God himself said, no, it is the soul that sins that shall die, the soul that sins. Flesh doesn't have a thing to do with it. And the reason why Christians are so embroiled in this this silly little thing called carnality is because they have rejected the fear of God. And it is the fear of God, people, that drives out the strong man. Remember that critter Yahshua was talking about that occupies the house of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth? That critter called the strong man that needs somebody stronger to drive him out of your house? People, that's the Holy Spirit. When you receive the fear of God, the strong man is driven out of you. He is not going to want to hang around with the Holy Spirit of the living God, guaranteed. These critters that are lodged in our being, and there are. There are. Oh, people. Oh, it, oh there are things that are lodged in the soul, lodged in the inner man of of of, of people, of men that have been there since the fall of Adam and Eve. There is garbage written in our DNA that we have desperately got to be purged of, and only the Holy Spirit can do that. But this happens in the fear of God. It happens in the fear of God. But back to Christians. They threw out the benchmark. They threw out the rod of God, right? They threw it out. When you get rid of the commandments, you have no definition of sin. When you throw out the law of God, you have no definition of sin. You're just out there in law-law land, making up your own stuff, which is exactly what Christianity has done. They have there. There is not one thing in Christianity that is outlawed to them, not one single thing. Even as Paul said, right, all things are lawful. All things are lawful right? So to the Christian, God is not going to condemn you for pedophilia because it's lawful. God is not going to condemn you for genocide. It's lawful. All things are lawful. What Genocide is lawful. Pedophilia is lawful. Raping children is lawful. Raping anybody is lawful. According to Paul, it is. So I mean, I know those are extremes and it's uh, kind of like just throwing hyperbole out there, but it's not because you have to take the word and, and give it a universal application. And if you take the word, all things are lawful and give it a universal application, you know what you get? You get the United States of America in 2022, which is abject lawlessness. It is a once great nation that is quickly descending into desolation. Because they who exalt themselves as a priest of God have become the abomination that causes desolation. Yes, I'm saying that about Christianity. You have become the abomination that causes desolation because you preach lies in the name of Jesus. You preach lies in the name of Yahweh, Elohim, God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. You preach lies in his name and you're losing your nation. And until the fear of God is poured out, people, is poured out, I do not see a recovery for the United States of America anytime soon. Because without the fear of God, how are we ever going to become, once again, a righteous nation? You know, you got Christians out there right now, man, the only thing they want is power. The only thing they want is signs and wonders. The only thing they want is is a billion dollars. They do not want Yahshua, the Son of God. They do not want the words of eternal life. They do not want the kingdom of heaven. They don't want the tree of life. They'll have to change. They'll have to be converted to obtain these things. And I'm telling you, that's about the last thing that most Christians want to do. They do not want that first commandment written in their heart. Going to mess up their comfort zone. Gonna mess up their ego, something fiercely. I tell you, in the fear of God, the ego does not exist. When that strong man is driven out of you, so is your ego, so's your pride, so is your arrogance, so's your rebellion, so is every nasty thing under the sun, is driven out of you when you receive the real, true, Holy Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of truth, the one who comes to deliver you from the curse. What curse is that? What curse is that? How about the curse we got when Adam and Eve fell? That curse, that's the one that the Holy Spirit comes to deliver you from. I hope some of you are beginning to see that the ministry of Yahshua the Messiah was a dang sight more than a Band-Aid for your stupid little sins. It was entrance to the paradise of God. It was, it was access to To the tree of life, once again, that's the ministry of Yahshua. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to get you back to the tree of life, to the kingdom of God, to the paradise of God, to the kingdom of heaven, to the tree of life. That was the mission and the ministry of Yahshua, the Messiah, and you'll never find that in Christianity. How could God possibly reveal that to a Christian when God himself says, this religion hates me? They hate me. They hate my word. They hate my law. They hate my commandment. Do not think for a moment that that Christianity is really special, people, because it's not. It is abject rebellion to the living God. And again, this is why we're losing our nation right now. The people who call themselves the people of God are in utter rebellion to his word. And they have put their foot down, many of them, and they absolutely refuse the Sabbath. The Sabbath, oh, the fourth commandment, you know. Truly, people, truly. We have gone full circle. The Christian now is the same as the Jew was 2,000 years ago. The Jews 2,000 years ago, don't deceive yourself, people. They did not follow Moses. That was Yahshua's massive complaint against the Pharisees is that they had abandoned Moses for the tradition of the elders. I don't know what you know about the tradition of the elders, but this is what they pulled out of Babylon When they were taken captive to Babylon, they imbibed the doctrines and the spirit of Babylon, and the priesthood rose up utterly corrupted. And they, (coughs) excuse me, they forsook Moses, they forsook the commandments, and they replaced them with the tradition of the elders. God said, you shall not add to my word. If you add to my word, I'll add to you all the curses and plagues in the book. If you take away from my word, I will take away your part, your part in the inheritance. So you can kiss your salvation goodbye if you're following Christians or if you're following Jews because Yahshua said both have lost it. Both have lost it. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, it's almost kind of humorous. But again, let's get back to this uh, just, just briefly here. I'm, I'm about to cut this off. But how do Christians say it's absolutely impossible to not sin? Right. Well, they don't have the commandments, man. It's like I'm saying, they don't even know what it is. However, you get a hold of this, man. Why do they think it's impossible to not sin? You know why? A. They threw out the law of God. Now they got the law of Paul. And no man on earth can keep the law of Paul. How can any man keep the law of Paul? Oh, circumcision is 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 if you get circumcised, Messiah's not affecting you. Oh, but you better get circumcised. You know. Oh, the law is holy, spiritual, and good, but by golly, if you do it, you're under a curse. How can anybody imbibe this shit and walk away with any semblance of sanity? How can anybody? You can't. And I'll tell you truly, right, the law of Paul is impossible. No man can keep the law of Paul. But I'll tell you what, the commandments of God are easy. He said so. His law is not difficult, nor is it impossible. The only one who ever said that was Paul. Oh, the law is impossible. Well, yeah, it was for you, Paul. Yeah, the law was impossible for you because you didn't have the fear of God. You didn't meet Yahshua. You met the spirit of Zeus. He blinded you. Of course, you were already blind. You were an insane, psychotic butcher and murderer and ravager of innocent people. You shed so much innocent blood Paul. That doesn't surprise me one bit that the devil himself met you on the way to Damascus and bluffed your eyeballs. And it truly, people, I'll tell you what, you go, I mean, you know this. Many of you listen to this. You're already coming out of Paul. You're coming out of Christianity. You're entering back into, you are seeking with all your heart, the kingdom of God, a.k.a. the new Covenant, the kingdom of God is the new covenant. That's why Christians want to put the kingdom of God off until the second coming, until the return of the Son of Man. Oh, you know, and it's like no people. It's the, the the new covenant has been here for two thousand years. You enter into the new covenant through the fear of God when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that is when the new covenant is opened up to you, and now God can write people. He is gonna write literally. He is literally gonna write and inscribe his commandment in your inner man, in your heart. He will literally do this, and that happens, people, with fear and trembling. It is impossible for any mortal man to behold the absolute light of the living God and not just become undone in the experience. Why would you want anything different? When you receive the Holy Spirit, do you not want to get a, a grasp, an understanding of the power of the living God, people, of his authority, You can go into Revelation 12, you know, the whole battle with the great red dragon and what's one of the first revelations that comes to these people? The authority of his Messiah, the anointed one, the one anointed with the sevenfold Holy Spirit, the chief being the fear of God. People, the revelation of the fear of God is what gives birth to the remnant. Every single one of us desire to be That remnant, and you know, you know, the remnant they who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Yahshua the Messiah. This is not true of the religion of Christianity, they do not keep the commandments of God. In fact, golly, they do not have the testimony of Yahshua. How can they? They can't quit sinning. How can they possibly have his testimony? He is the law, people. He is the commandment. He is the lamp. And this revelation in the fear of God, people, gives birth to that remnant, all right? They keep the commandments of God, and they have the testimony of Yahshua, the Messiah. You know what? That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Stop, period. Don't go any farther. There is nothing resembling Christianity in this remnant, nothing resembling them. This is not the religion. These are not the people. The people of Christianity are not the people of the new covenant. They are the people of the new covenant, my friends, are those today who are coming out of Pauline Christianity and returning to the Son of God, returning to the Lamb of God. Each and every one of you coming out of Paul right now, you are now beginning to follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Get a revelation on the the, the possibility of your destiny, the possibility of where each and every one of you are going to have your names written, and that's in the Lamb's book of love you can't you can't get that in christianity people the only way your name is written in the lamb's book of life is when you are following the lamb wherever he goes and i guarantee you the lamb's name is not paul it's not saul And it is staggering that Christians will follow Paul and forsake the lamp. They got the book. They can read it right there in Revelation, man. Everybody gets so enthralled and they wonder, who are these 144,000? Well, sure the hell ain't you, Christian. Christian you got nothing but guile in you. These men have no guile. There is no Paul in them. You know, Paul, the one that said, crafty man that I am, I caught you with guile. Crafty man that I am, I caught you with a lie. What lie was that? Oh, it was a Damascus Road experience. Yeah, it was a Damascus Road conversion. That was Paul's lie. And he caught every single solitary one of you Christians with that lie. And one of the reasons why he caught you with that lie is because you do not know the voice of your good shepherd. Yahshua said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of the stranger, they won't follow." Well, guess what? The sheep know that Yahshua never would have said. Is it hard to kick against the pricks? Is it hard to kick against the pricks? You see, the true followers of Yahshua people are gonna know that that's a quote from Zeus. But that was a quote out of a Greek pagan play, all right? And tributes to Zeus, hymns to Zeus, the worship of Zeus. That was the entity that spoke to Paul, and that's the entity that gave him all his doctrines, all his teachings, all his abominations, all his apostasy, all his lies came from the, the spirit that he met on the Damascus Road, if he really, really did, right? And that's the problem, because Paul himself confessed to telling the biggest dang whopper that ever came down the pike. Well, I'll tell you what, what What. what, what story is Paul most famous for? Oh, Damascus Road. Yeah, no kidding. It was a lie. It was a lie. But the Christians did not know the voice of the Good Shepherd. And they followed the voice of a stranger. And the rest is 2,000 years of agonizing, black, dark history that is culminating today. And uh, But I'll tell you what, folks, I'll tell you what. To those of you who will begin to seek God for the Holy Spirit, the gift, the true gift, what I have been describing to you, the power of God manifest In the spirit of truth, the spirit of the Torah, the spirit of the commandments, the spirit of the maker of heaven and earth is a big, big, huge encounter, huge experience. Why would you want anything different? And there are those today that are coming out that are seeking God for this because they know the hour is desperate and without the fear of God, ain't nobody gonna make it. Nobody's going to make it without the fear of God, people. Anyway, I'm going to leave you off with that. Um, (laughs) uh, I hope I didn't shake you up too much, but then again, I hope I did shake you up. Just enough, anyway, to begin seeking God for the true gift of the Holy Spirit. And you will know, folks, when you get it, it is more than Shandala's. You know, it is a lot more than Shandala's. And here's the deal, people. I want to tell you something really awesome about your encounter in the fear of God. Yes, it is going to happen to you. And yes, you are going to fear and you are going to tremble and you are going to shake. But let me tell you something. The reason why that's happening is because you are in that moment beholding your own deliverance from the strong man. You are seeing this critter driven out of your being, literally seeing him, people. And it scares you. It ought to scare you because that's the jackass that's been trying to take you to the pit. And he's been lodged in your own heart. And boom, here comes the Holy Spirit in the fear of God. And that guy hits the road and you actually see him. All right. You actually see him. But here's the deal. You are undone at your own deliverance through the it is the depth of gratitude coming up from the very source, the very core of your being. You are weeping before him in gratitude because his love, his mercy, his kindness, his compassion is being, is filling your heart at that moment because the strong man was driven out and now the real substance of the Holy Spirit is entering into you. And it's gratitude, people. It is It is. It is the essence of the word thanksgiving. It is the essence of that word. And from out of that gratitude, people, that I I tell you is welling up out of the bowels of your being in this experience in the fear of God. The gratitude that wells up out of the the bowels of your being will generate the most indescribable praise to your God that, that you haven't even dreamed existed yet. And I kid you not, man, the high praises of God will will explode in you again like a fountain, like a fountain that'll catapult you to places you don't even know exist yet. So to those of you who are coming out of Paul, you got a lot to look forward to. I mean, God is about to open up things to you, open up things to us that we haven't seen in 6,000 years. And But if that's too much to swallow, then just consider this. We haven't seen these things in 2,000 years, not since the apostles were butchered. All right? We haven't seen them, but we are. You will. You will see these things. If you just follow this simple wise counsel, seek first the fear of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Michael has been the blood walk and... uh, Man, have a great day, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.